So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing the season one, episode six of Love During Lockup. In this episode, Haley meets up with Dalton's mom. Indy calls the halfway house and gets bad news about visitation with Harry. Gabby and Chris's sister roll a joint and go to pick up Chris. Ty and Boston get in a fight that leaves Ty with three less fingernails. And Santiba finds out that Talsey is engaged to another woman. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a rating or send us constructive feedback. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, Things are going okay. It is feeling a little like summer right now. We definitely have gotten this random heat wave. Yeah, that's weird that you did that because I have a little bit of a heat wave. Actually, we have to record this. I'm going to get out and re- go run because I haven't got a chance to really do that. But it's supposed to snow tomorrow here. So, you know. Oh, that's so crazy. So, yeah, I'm in Southern California. We're having a heat wave. They say this is supposed to be one of the hottest Super Bowls of the year. Well, it's definitely the only Super Bowl of the year. I think you meant of all time, but okay. Oh, yeah. That's definitely what I meant. <laughs> I don't know. My brain is still not quite on. But, um, yeah, let's get just jump right into this episode so let's talk indy and harry it's the night before harry's release and indy is packing a bag of all the essentials for harry she has also packed two wedding bands to tell everyone that they're married well technically even if it's only spiritually she's hoping that wives get special visiting privileges harry calls indy and she tells him about the rings she brought them and harry says that he'll be dressed out at 8 30 in the morning and then he'll be taken out to into a van and on his way to the halfway house indy asks him how she should dress because she wants to get all dolled up but the phone call time is up she puts on her ring and admires how it looks indy's mom yolanda comes by indy's room to help her pick out her dress for the release Harry calls to warn her he might not be able to give her a proper greeting because he may have to hurry off to an orientation. So they're on their way to meet up with him, and Indy calls the halfway house to inquire about their visitation policy, and they tell her that residents are allowed three phone calls a day, but no visitors because of COVID. Indy says that she drove all the way from Maryland, and that's her fiancé, and she had a COVID test. Even Yolanda jumps in to say that they're from Maryland. But the halfway house just doesn't care. Yolanda then asks to speak to a supervisor, who just basically tells them that a visit is out of the question. Passes won't be given out, only to find a job. Indy starts to have all the emotions in the car, starting off by screaming, then kind of panicking, and then just crying, as her mom just sits there patiently inspecting her nails. All right, so the reason why Indy is so upset is because she's starting to realize that she has moved to Ohio without really the possibility of being able to see Harry at all. He might as well be in prison. So what do you think Aniris would say about this situation? Uh, she would just say that this is somehow the universe putting obstacles in your way and you have to persevere and moving to Ohio was the right decision. And you'll see why when something else happens. I don't know. It just, yeah, doesn't seem like Aniris had the right call on this one, right? Yeah. Because it, well, and the other thing too is like, 
because she has this ridiculous trust in an iris. She was like, well, an iris said that's what we should do. Like she clearly didn't call the halfway house before she came to Ohio to be like, can I even see him? Um, And it's funny, too, because they were like she kept doing that thing where she's like, I'm not sure she knows that COVID happened. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because it was totally like, oh, I don't know. We're basing that on what uh, happened to other people. They got out and they were allowed to see their people. And it was like, yeah, they told you the visitation was cut off because of COVID. Like they literally right. said that to you on the phone. Yeah. And that makes sense, too, because if you really think about it, why would you want everyone who's in this like communal living situation to be all out and about mingling with whoever, getting visited visitors like from everywhere, and then y'all are cohabiting. That just seems like an outbreak waiting to happen. Yeah. I mean, there was it was huge COVID outbreak problems in in prisons and I don't know about Mm -hmm. halfway houses, but definitely in prisons. Um, Now, I think most of the time, just based on the nature of that, you can limit the visits as much as you want when you have all these unvaccinated guards (laughs) running around like there's only so much you can do. Right. But I mean, it, it, to me, I was like taken at, taken at like from Harry's perspective, because obviously Indy and Yolanda was right. She was like, this is what happens when you don't plan. Right. When your plan is my psychic said it would work. Yeah, like, I know. Right. Thinking from Harry's perspective, like, OK, you're going to move to this other place where you get three phone calls a day. You can't get visitors. You can't get passes to leave. How is that any different from prison damp? It really isn't. In fact, I want to say that she probably got more phone calls while he was in prison. You know, some of these characters, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like with Haley and Dalton, she gets calls 20 times a day, according to her. 20 times a day. That's so crazy. We'll get there. Yeah. But I mean, like, so three calls a day, it seems like if anything, it's scaling back. And that's if he uses all of his phone calls on her and he doesn't call his mom or, you know, a friend. Right. And I don't see that happening. Now, they might be able to have longer phone calls, maybe. Uh, because yeah, Because they won't have that true. TTL system that keeps cutting everybody off. Right. Yeah, because that is true. Harry keeps on talking to her and it's like, you have one minute left. So they're like, oh, I just asked you a question. Oh, well, like that's kind of like, well, what should I wear? Oh, the one minute countdown and she's like okay well i guess i'll just see you later and they just accept that whatever they stopped at that point it was like that was all they were gonna what drives me nuts about her it's again a lack of planning mm-hmm. she's been she's been doing this for how long right we know that this system cuts them off all the time i feel like if i was doing that and this happened to me twice where we had to like cut our conversation short and then not do anything you know just be like oh i guess we're not going to answer that question I would be twice before I set a timer when I called somebody to like to kind yeah. of ha- keep an eye on how much how much time we have left so I can wrap things up, you know, as it gets closer and not to be like, oh, crap, I'm on a minute. That's the morning. OK, goodbye. Yeah. Indy doesn't seem like someone who does that. And I understand Yolanda's frustration with her because I do think I agree with you that she's just so dependent on her psychic that it's like she's unable to make plans for herself because and it's not even just her faith in the psychic it just seems like her general faith that like 
the world will happen like the way it's supposed to happen and life will like kind of unfold the way it's supposed to unfold and the universe will provide. So it's like the universe is providing so I don't have to do anything. Yeah. You know who the universe provided? The universe provided Yolanda. And like that's what (laughs) happens is at the end of the day, she says the universe will take care of this. The universe will just make it happen. Whereas in fact, there's somebody else that's like – all right, I guess I'll figure this out for you and put it together. And they're like, see, I knew it would work out. It was like, it worked out because I made it work out. Like, I did that. Right. Like, not the universe, me. Yeah. But, you know, I also feel like she's probably been babied a little bit, too. I don't know if she, like, actually literally is the youngest in her family or maybe Mm -hmm. she just gets the most support because it seems like she's the only one with kids in the family, yeah, at least fair. the ones that mm-hmm. we've seen. But I think she, she does. She kind of gets babied a little bit. Like, the family is always there to help and support her. And so it's like she almost doesn't do as much as she should or could because she's like, well, I don't need to worry about the universe or my family will take care of it. Yes. And I think that's also why last week it was especially frustrating for her to be like, well, Harry's family will become my family and now they'll take care of me. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like, yeah, instead of that's her plan for everything. Her plan for everything isn't, well, let me think about what I need to do and what I need to have and what I can do. It's her plan is just like, man, my family will help me. It'll be fine. Like, I know. People like that frustrate me. They just really do because it's like they don't feel a need to take responsibility or ownership for anything. And then mm-hmm. if things don't go the way that they want them to go or just bad things happen – Like, their attitude about it is kind of like, well, that's just what's going to happen. The universe, you know, that's just the way the universe decided things will happen. And that's fine if you're okay with that going on in your own life. But when it starts affecting other people, like the fact that you have children, that's when it gets frustrating to me. Because it's like, you could do something to change your life, but you somehow think that everything is just going to happen for you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy to me is that, like, just I can't. I just literally cannot understand that attitude, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's just, that's not the way I was raised. That's not the life experience I've had. It's basically like, well, if you don't work, guess what happens? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing comes yeah. to you. Nothing happens. It just now, gets worse as you keep going. Yeah, I agree with that mindset when things do happen, when you've actually tried and bad things happen, then yeah, you should have that attitude, right? Well, I guess it's just the way it like, happened, right? But to yes. try nothing and then have bad things happen and be like, well, what else? What was there more for me to do? It's like, have you done everything that you could have done? Yes. I mean, it definitely feels like, you know, I, I kind of make the sports analogy. Like I didn't – I never really felt bad about losing – when I went out there and tried really hard and I practiced really hard and I played somebody and was like, well, they were just way better than me at this game. <laughs> and <laughs> I got my butt kicked. I was like, there was literally nothing I could have done to stop that from happening. But when you feel like you didn't give it your all and you didn't really play that hard and your head wasn't in the game and you didn't really practice ahead of time and you lost to somebody who maybe wasn't as athletic as you or wasn't as good, then you feel really bad. And I'm like, wait, no, I could have done better. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting their butt kicked, <laughs> we had right, fighting. So let's go to that one. Fight, fight, fight. So let's tie, by the way. So Ty finally gets on the phone with Boston and they both agree to talk woman to woman. And they keep saying that. And I'm not even sure what that means. But mm-hmm. anyway, she invites Boston to come over. This is trying to get Boston on her turf. Now, of course, we know that Hadi is 
basically playing both sides of this and telling both of them that you're my number one. You're my real relationship. This other woman, she's nothing. Um, and But they can't seem to figure that out. So Boston does show up. Hopefully, they're trying to, say, squash beef. Now, they meet at the funeral home because Ty thought that might intimidate Boston. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like you have to know it's a funeral home first. Anyway. Right. But Ty tells us before Boston gets there, um, crucially, that she is hoping that, you know, she just wants to get to the bottom of everything, see what Boston sees, what thinks her relationship to to Hottie is, you know, kind of figure out if it's Hottie she should be mad at, if it's Boston she should be mad at for, you know, thinking something's there when it isn't. And she just wants to let Boston speak her piece. But that was obviously bullshit because as soon as Boston gets there, she punches her in the face. <laughs> and the fight starts. So they kind of do this. They tussle for a minute uh, it, when she first goes after her. And then Ty does this like move where she's like dancing, like, you know, boxing, dancing in the street and kicks off both of her big platform heels <laughs> into the street randomly, which does say that this fight wasn't planned because I feel like if she planned the fight, she would have picked better shoes because now right. she's trying to fight her barefoot. <laughs> so, all right. They keep. Coming after each other, like coming in and out, like Ty keeps like dodging the producers and coming for a hit and then running back away. Um, and they're also hollering at each other the whole time. Now, Ty tells us that she wanted to stay calm. But when she saw Boston, all she could think of were the nudes on social media. And it just made her, in her words, grow horns. So they yell things like, you know who I am and you're a clown and he's not messing with you and all kinds of stuff. And neither person is actually listening to what the other person is saying. Not that there's not much to listen to. But, you know, then Boston tells us in her interview that Ty has no home training and she's dusty. <laughs> and, yeah, maybe posting nudes was, and I'll quote her again, a little bit petty. But oh, she God. thinks that – but Boston that definitely seems to think she's coming off as the bigger person in this situation. <laughs> so at the end of the meeting, no one has said anything uh, and Ty is down three nails. Uh, but she says it was worth it. She does acknowledge that – that was not what she was going for, but it had to be done. Okay. So I guess my question for this, stupid fight, um, did it accomplish literally anything? No, and I think everyone agreed that it didn't because I feel like the producers were definitely asking her leading questions like, mm -hmm. do you think this resolved anything? And she was <laughs> like, ah, uh, I guess. No, no, it didn't resolve anything. It was like the producers were trying to get her to see, like, this was stupid. Why did you do that? Yes. <laughs> it's just it's the first time because the last time she last episode, she left the salon because she knew she was going to do that. It's like, I'm not going to I'm not going to be able to hold it together when I see her. I'm not going to be able to do it. That to me is what frustrates me about her because it's like. You know, why do you think that you're going to do anything different? Your history all says that you are going to go in and try to hit this woman, you know, yes. and she's like, you know, before she's all talk, she's like, I'm going to give her space so she can say her piece. And it's like, did you at all attempt? No, because even in between when you weren't trying to hit her and yes. she was actually trying to talk, you just kept talking over her. That's like. In every way possible, you have not given her space and you have not given her any, you know, any kind of way to have her say anything. Yes. Like, what? I mean, are you it doing? was within, it was like within a half a second. She was like, Is your name Boston? Yes. Kapow! Like, it was done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was, and it was like, 
it, it, it seriously didn't accomplish. Well, and the other thing too was she's like, well, I got to kick her ass. You definitively did not kick her ass. She's like, I think I might have broken my wrist. And I'm like, what on? Like you were – that was not exactly the most forceful fight I've ever seen. It was a little slap fight. Right. But at the same time, like if you are closed fist trying to punch someone and you don't do it right – you can you definitely can break your wrist on that, right? Because the whole point is, yeah. if you punch someone, you're supposed to keep your wrist like straight, like aligned with your like fist. But well, if you're yes. not, and you're just like willy nilly, like it just didn't look like she swung hard enough. Yes, if you do that, <laughs> if you come in from the side and hit her with like the knuckles of your wrist, yeah, you're gonna right. you're gonna jack up your hand. That that that's true. It just didn't look like she landed a solid enough blow to jack up her hand. It was well, like, I mean, I'm, they cut it kind of weird, too, and I'm sure it was because camera angles, what they caught and what they didn't catch and everything. Mm-hmm. But what I don't get is we have already seen this woman rush out. We have already seen this woman uh, say she has a history of assault. Why the heck did they not order security? I mean, there have been other instances where we have seen like bouncer type people that are behind the scenes that jump in if they feel like it's going to be a dangerous situation. Who deemed that this was a safe situation like from the producer's end? That's true. Like this literally is someone who has been telling them all along. This is like she Mm -hmm. does say this is what I want to do. But then it always ends that sentence ends with this is what you want to do. And they're like, oh, so what do you think about when you see her? She says, when I see her, I just want to squeeze her her body. Like you're like, oh, (laughs) maybe you're not going to just remain calm and give her a piece. That could be, uh, you know, not in the cards. But and they they just had like the like a lady like step in between them. Yeah, the poor producer who's holding a tablet. And so she doesn't even have (laughs) two hands to really devote to this, like, you know, having protection. And so it's kind of like, seriously, they're going to throw this lady in the mix. It's just I think of anybody. Ty is fooling is with this and with the whole situation. She's fooling herself more than anything. Right. Because like I said, Mm -hmm. how did she show? How did she roll up to this? She had those weird tight restricting pants that she was like going on these polka dot pants she had giant blocky heels and she had huge hoop earrings that she never took out it was like you were not ready for this fight when it came oh no (laughs) plus she's really at a disadvantage having that long hair too yeah she had the long hair she had the fake nails on that she ended Mm -hmm. up losing like it was like you were she was she was clearly not showing up for a fight and no, but she should know fight. herself at this point. You she know, she should. It's That's like, what I'm saying. She just, she just doesn't understand herself. Like it, the 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 proper course of action is she should not be talking to Boston except through no. a lawyer. Like. And because at this point, because once the nudes got posted, that's when lawyers get involved. And other than that, it's like, listen, I'm talking to Hottie. I'm not talking to you. I don't know why you keep calling me. And block her. Like it's yeah. it's not that difficult. It's, I don't know because yeah. I don't. I also don't understand why Boston wants to talk to her so much. I think both of them want to talk to each other because, as much as they hate the fact that the other person is around at all, they also want to know like what Hottie is telling the other person. You know, so I but think they it like don't really know. Like Boston does not. I think they Boston do. Boston just is like, you're still talking to Hottie. I, obviously, talking to Hottie to tell you to stop stop talking to him isn't working. I have to go tell you to stop talking to him directly, and that's why I want to talk to you. It's like – I don't know. I think that they do. I think there is a mistrust on both their parts, you know, and I definitely think Hottie is playing both sides like you said. But, 
you know. So he posted that Facebook whatever thing saying basically saying that Boston is no one to him, right? Right. And so, you know, obviously he's telling Boston on the side, oh, I'm just saying this to play this girl. So I think like Boston wants to believe Hottie, but then at the same time he's like, well, what is he telling you? You know, he's like, well, what is he telling you? And so I think they want to compare notes to be like, well, if he's telling all, everyone the exact same thing, who can we really believe at this point? So I think they're just like, I think they are trying to compare notes because I think even Hottie was, I mean, even Ty was like, I don't know if Hottie's like playing me or not. And that's part of the reason why she was just like, well, BB's my new go- number one now. Yes. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess to me, it was just like, I don't understand why they need to hear it from the other person. Like, I don't need to know exactly what Hottie is telling them. I got the gist, like, because they're hanging around and they're staying around yeah. and they seem to think they're in a relationship with Hottie. So, yeah, I got the gist of what Hottie's telling them. Like, and because it, because what are you going to hear from them? Like, well, I'm not saying that they're going to get answers. It's not a rational, like, way to get the answers. Oh, well, let's be – yeah, that's true. That's true. If they thought rationally, then it wouldn't go. Because even – because you're Boston, right? Boston clearly, whatever the situation is, believes that she has an actual relationship with Hottie that has lasted for 12 years. And that's mm-hmm. for whatever reason through this Facebook thing where he basically denounced her and said, I have no part of your life. So – if you ask her what has he been telling you, she's going to be like, he's been telling me I'm in his number one. You know she's going to say that, whether it's true oh, yeah. or not. You yeah. already know no, where she I stands. Agree. Yeah. All right. Speaking of number ones, let's talk Chris and Gabby. So Gabby is going to meet Chris's mom, and she, feel like she, she feels like she needs some real answers because she wants to know why Chris asked her not to get him. She knows Chris's mom doesn't like her because the family thinks she's a gold digger. On her way, Chris's friend calls her to tell her that Chris loves her and he's downstate. He got transferred, waiting on the feds. They don't know if he has to do more time, but things are looking like he might get released as early as tomorrow. Gabby meets with Felicia, Chris's mom, and Essence, his sister. Felicia thinks that if Chris is coming home, he'd probably be excited about getting on a bus, meaning that no one needs to go pick him up. Gabby says she wants to go up there to get him because she's convinced he's getting out tomorrow. Essen wants to go to the release, too, and Felicia thinks someone from the family should be there. Gabby jokes that she thought that they all didn't want Chris to be with her. Felicia predicts that this is going to be ugly because Chris and Gabby, they're kind of the same difficult person. Felicia doesn't believe that Gabby's loyal to him. But the next day, Gabby comes to pick up Essence so they can both head to the prison, which does require an overnight stay in a hotel room together. Gabby asks if Felicia trusts her. Essence is rolling a joint and tells her that she just popped up. So the trust just isn't there because they just want someone who is going to be there for him and not just his money. Essence says that at this point, they should look at the stuff that he's given her. Gabby gets defensive and says she didn't even ask for the money. It was just in the mail. Gabby says she's always there, even when he's wrong. Essence is dismissive and says, okay, time will tell, which makes Gabby shed a couple of very discreet tears. She doesn't want Chris to be around his family if this is how they're going to be. All right. So when Chris gets out of prison, who do you think he's going to side with, the family or Gabby? Uh, um, Apparently, the family is going to give him a huge joint. So probably the family. (laughs) (laughs) That was 
like the biggest joint. And it just kept going. It was like, how long does it take you to roll this joint? She was just kind of poking it for a while. Yeah, she was. She was just poking it. And it was like, I thought it was. It's funny because she started in the car. I mean, I think there were multiple joints. But in the right. car, I thought it was like, wait a second. Is she like, because in the car they were talking and it looked like she was about to, you know, lick the, lick the paper so she could finish it up. And like, I was like, wait, is she rolling a joint? That's random thing that they showed and the next scene it was like oh no they're definitely just showing that whole thing like out in the open they like it was like up close like hey this is what she's doing i was like okay this is this is an interesting hotel stay (laughs) right and they didn't mention it like at all they're just having this conversation while they're doing it on tv i thought it was funny um but i mean at the end probably his family i don't know I, i don't know if it there's definitely things that Gabby's missing from the scenario, and I think he's going to be, like, half surprised when she's there and be like, uh, hi, uh, this is awkward. Yeah. I think it kind of depends. Like, yeah, he has this uh, whatever settlement money, but this settlement money is not going to last very long considering, you know, how Gabby is rolling through it super fast. But I wonder how much financial support his family has given him in the past. Um, or even things like a place to stay, you know? So how much support does his family give? Uh, it kind of sounds like, based on what the family implied, that Chris has a history of taking care of his women and being taken advantage of at the same time. So they kind of made it sound like they have been trying to protect Chris from, you know, being taken advantage of by restricting the people in his life. So it sounds like this isn't the first time there's been a Gabby around. Yeah, it just it, it yeah, it does. It did make it sound like Chris definitely sees this settlement money as like, you know, just extra money, like that. If he was out, he might just take it to the strip club and just give it to all the strippers. Like, like oh, well, that works out because Gabby works at the strip club. So, you know, she's going to get her money either way. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it just seems like that's what he is. Like she – because even Gabby was like, I didn't ask for the money. He just started giving it to me. And I think he's just ah! – I think he's the one that likes – I think he's somebody that just likes rolling in there high and just being like, I'm giving out all the money and I'm the center of attention and here's all – and all the money's gone. Like, right? Okay. So I believe that probably he offered the money first, right? And I'm not saying he didn't. But as soon as she knew there was money and because, I mean, let's remember uh, the wedding dress shopping scene, right, where she's demanding $15,000. It's kind of like, yeah, he didn't just give you that money. So, yeah, it may have started that way. But to like act like, oh, you know, I've never asked for anything. He just gives it to me. It's like, nah, let's be real with ourselves here. That's not what's happening. That's not the situation, at least at this point. He gave the first a little bit amount of money, but after that, she's been just yeah. been like, when I need money, I can just go get it. And that's technically yeah. not asking for it, I guess, but <laughs> isn't the same well, thing as just like, I he just al- randomly sends me money that I never asked for. I was going to say, I could also see her being like, oh, babe, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this car payment. I just like, I don't know. I signed up for this lease and, you know, this payment's really expensive. It's like, I don't know, $600 a month. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. And it's kind of like, okay, I'll take care of you, babe. And it's like, yeah, I didn't have to ask for it, but I heavily hinted that I really yeah. needed this money. <laughs> fair, fair. I don't know. It just it, it, it just seems like from where they're coming from. It's funny because, I don't know, she says, well, it seems like you guys only care about money. 
And it was like, well, yeah, that's what that's all we know about you is that you're taking his money. <laughs> like we literally yeah. don't know anything else about you except for right. you're taking money because he doesn't mention you. And I get the impression that that he doesn't really mention her like she's all that big of a deal to them. And then you get mm-hmm. this girl like rolling up being like, hey, I'm your son's fiance. And they're like, how? That, what? We Who? never heard of you. <laughs> Who? Who are you? What? Right. I, I'm just confused with what she really wants from this relationship because it sounds like, you know, and she, we've heard her talk about it at the very beginning, but it's like I almost forgot about it. But talking about like starting a family, she wants to start having babies immediately. And it's just like, I don't understand this person. Like, I, I don't I don't know if I've met someone like her, like people who are trying to you know, just like live it up, spend money, whatever. Those people aren't trying to be parents because, okay, I think this is why it doesn't match up for me. It's like almost like a selfishness and that doesn't going doesn't go along with wanting to be a parent. No, no. It, I mean, I, it's definitely hard for me because I can't – it's tough for me to relate because people who want to just go out there and live it up and spend money don't end up friends with me. Uh, so <laughs> they end up friends with me and they're single and they don't have kids because they don't want kids you know what i'm saying that's why it's like i don't understand this scenario yeah because you would think yeah but i mean but you know what people like to do though and i feel like some of these people do have this they want to be able to show off their life through their kid it's just another way to just like I got a car, I got a kid that's wearing Jordans and a kid that I'm going to put all on Instagram and like the things and show off my how amazing and cool my my amazing baby and my kid is. And I'm because it, it's all about status. Right. I don't even mm-hmm. think for her it's the necessarily what she does. She does because she actually enjoys it or actually thinks it's fun. She likes the status that comes with yeah. showing yeah. these things off. I mean, off. that's why she wants that's why she wants to roll around in a BMW, but it's kind of like same, samesies though. It's like people who care about that, it's like babies are messy. Like you're gonna keep this BMW when you have a kid? Like, uh this is why we can't have nice things. Kids just ruin it. Yeah. Well, I mean, not th- that plus there's no space. I'll tell you right now, you are not fitting a car seat in the back seat of a BMW. Oh, like, I have. Uh not not one that you want to keep there permanently. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 probably not. It was, it was not easy. I had to put one in the back seat for my niece. And it was like, yeah, but you probably real stable. So you probably and you probably had to pull the passenger seat like all the way up to get it in. Oh, well, at least she has a four door. I mean, that's that is true. But, yeah, that is true. I, I mean, but I cannot picture her driving a minivan. But you, I mean, if you want to have multiple kids. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, like. If, 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 if once you get to three, that's the magic number. I only have two. No, to, once you get to three, you <laughs> literally cannot drive a sedan anymore, a sedan, yeah. coupe, or anything, because three car seats do not fit in any sedan that is sell, sold in the United States right now. Like it, right, you have right. to get. Uh, now, do I think she'd get a minivan? No. Would she get like an Escalade? <laughs> with three rows of seating. Oh God! Yeah. With what money? Like after this money is gone, like she has nothing. I don't know. I don't know. I think I feel like she has. Well, okay. let's back up too. not everybody who drives an Escalade actually has the money to afford an Escalade. (laughs) Oh, I guess that's true. But I was going to say all the stuff she's been buying. This isn't like investment stuff, right? No, it's not. not. She's not getting depreciating value. Oh, yeah. She's burning through the money. The money is the money is gone. She's just torching it. All right. So speaking of other people who, you know, burn through money, let's talk about Haley and Dalton. (laughs) 
So we catch up with Haley as she's leaving Buzz's office, and she's going to talk to Lisa, who's Dalton's mom, to discuss just what she found out about Dalton and how he apparently he spent money on getting his ex out of trouble for a DUI. But anyway, we, we learned that Lisa has already cut off Dalton money-wise, so Haley has kind of been resentful about how she has to take care of all the things like his legal fees, and that falls on her. She doesn't like that she's the only provider to Dalton, even though they're loaded, as we see through their McMansion neighborhood, which I've been to that part of Texas, and that there's a lot of those McMansions around there. Um, So, um, you know, which indicates to me that she doesn't really understand what cutting someone off really means. So she tells us, this is where he says, that Dalton calls her 20 times a day, which she classifies as being sweet and big-hearted instead of, uh, obsessive and scary. So she doesn't want <laughs> to believe that he's been conning her. Haley fills Lisa in on what she heard. And Lisa just has this weird calming voice that she just sticks with the whole time. Basically telling Haley essentially, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. That's what Dalton does. And I've been telling you this the whole time. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a big, long, I told you so from Lisa, who never wanted Haley putting even putting any money on his books in the first place. But it's pretty much been Dalton's M.O. since they cut him off to just, you know, find another woman that'll give him some money. In Lisa's experience, Dalton usually starts to get a little bit better, a little bit responsible, a little less, you know, prone to ending up back in jail when he has minimum help and he actually has to work to get things on his own. But when he gets somebody who's just feeding him money, that things take take a, a dark turn. So Haley admits that maybe her middle name is naive and she'll Try to maybe follow the advice of the people that know Dalton the best. So Lisa wants her son to get better, but she can't figure out why so many women, both new women and exes, are always throwing money at him while he's in jail. (laughs) She's like, I don't understand. He's in jail. And they just keep giving him money for no reason. So then we switch to Dalton, who pretty much confirms that. He's asked the producers about money, and he says that, yeah, you know, Haley sends him money when he asks for it, but... You know, there's also all kinds of women that just try to give him money all the time. And he insists that whenever that happens, whenever that happens, he always calls <laughs> Haley to tell her to call these other women <laughs> to knock it off. It's weird. So they ask him what he uses what he uses the money that Haley sends him for, and he doesn't want to talk about that. So then it's back to Haley, who is crying about not having an account for Hendrix and about how she's being a bad mom. Lisa tells her to stop sending Dalton money and, you know, if he really loves her, then things will work out. But if it's, you know, if it's not really love that's keeping him around, then she could kick him to the curb after she cuts him off. All right. So, I mean, what – first of all, what do you think Dalton's spending this money on? And do you really think he's rejecting this money from these other women? No, I don't think he's rejecting money from these other women. I think he probably has more women that he tells her about. So it's like the ones that aren't going to be good. He, you know, sends them Haley's way to get rid of them. (laughs) But the ones that are like either giving him a lot of money or maybe he's like, well, this might be a potential like possibility, like hookup wise. He'll keep those around. And I think, like, what is he doing with his money? I don't know. Either distributing back out, like, because clearly that was happening with his ex, right? Distributing the money back out. Or just keeping it on his books. But, you know, his mom, Lisa, oh, gosh. I know she kind of had, a like, a weird voice in that 
her tone was kind of the same the whole time. And it was a smidge condescending, even though it was very calming. But like, whatever with her voice, like I thought her message was like, yes, Lisa, I get it. Because sometimes, especially in the situation, you need to tough love that shit, especially because what she was saying was that, you know, Dalton kind of starts to figure things out and starts to realize like the position he's in and maybe shows some kind of guilt and remorse for stuff that he's done when he's not given money and he has to work for himself. Yes. But when people are giving him money, that's when he's just like, you know, cocky and confident. like, I don't need to do anything. I'm going to live the easy life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. It is counterintuitive. Like you usually think when people are struggling, when it's hard to make the money, when they're making, mm-hmm. struggling to make ends meet, that they're like, oh, man, I just do what I know best. I can do what it's easy. The crime. But Dalton just seems to have like this, uh, you know, um, we, we talked about it before. Once you get him in the place where he's comfortable. Right. Once he's mm-hmm. thinking of it, like he's he's taken care of and he's fine, he just gets that whatever I do what I want and like <laughs> the <Yeah>. attitude. <laughs> well, and I kind of get the impression that he grew up that way, and so I yeah. mean, like his mom has a point. Like it's not that he wasn't loved or he wasn't provided for. He actually admitted himself that he grew up with a pretty good life, and it's like. Where did things go wrong? Well, maybe it was because he had all those stuff and he never had to struggle. And, he, you know, he had everything given to him that he just was like bored and idle hands are the devil's plaything. That's right. Idle hands are the devil's plaything. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, clearly that's what was happening, you know. And so I think his mom like recognizes like we have given him everything and it worked out this way and it's when he has nothing that he real realizes that he took things for granted and you know then only then has she seen growth well his growth is going to get stunted if these other women keep coming in and giving him money yeah it just seems like his growth but i mean it's it's also wrong to take his um you know agency out of that like, I feel like he struggles mm-hmm. and he starts thinking that realizing things are hard and he starts realizing the position he's in. And then at some point during that struggle, he's just like, this sucks. You know, it would be better if I just found some chick to give me a bunch of money. That would just be so much yeah, easier. Right. And like he seeks that out. Like, it's not like that just happens yeah. to him as much as Lisa kind of thinks it does. And he likes to pre- mm-hmm. he likes to pretend it does. I, I'm, you know been a man for a long time and i've been a man who's not been in prison it doesn't without working at it just have women throw themselves at you and like women throw Uh, money at you right i mean delton definitely works at it but i would say the two things he kind of has going for him is he is a good looking guy i mean he is that's yeah yeah no doubt he's a good looking guy you can just tell by his interviews we've seen with him that guy's a smooth talker Right. He knows exactly what to say to kind of con people. Mm -hmm. So he's saying all the right things to these women and he's got the looks. And so, yeah, they're going to I mean, I'm not saying he's fooling everyone, but if he throws himself out there, gives himself an opportunity like, you know, maybe he catches like half of everyone. Right. Right. I mean, yes, a lot of women, I guess. Okay, back up. Women throwing themselves at you. Okay. 
Yes, I buy. It's the part where they're just like, let me give you money. Like, I just want to give you lots of money now. <laughs> Can we put oh, money well, in this That's is, the part that sounds that sounds sketchy. Like, that does not happen without you asking for it. Well, this is kind of the same as, like, the Chris and Gabby thing. You'd be like, oh, man, like, I'd love to make more calls to you, but I don't have any money on my books. You know? Yes. And I think that's an easier thing to say when you're in prison. You know, it's like. You kind of have to basically fund your relationship because communication costs money. So, I mean, that's the easiest way to get money because it's like, how do they know that you're spending this money on phone calls specifically? Right. That's true. That's true. But and then they do that. Yeah, that lawyerly thing. The, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't actually ask for any money. And then right. but they don't even like frame it like that. There's like, I never asked for money. I never asked for money. It's like, no, but you you did, though. Like you you can't yeah. just say since you didn't say the words. Um, you know, like I asked, but I, that's not even just a prison thing. I see people do that all the time, all the yeah. time. You think if, if I did this thing, but I didn't say the word, I didn't say the magic words, then I didn't actually do this thing that I clearly wanted to happen. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he actually asked Haley for money, which is why yes. she felt so stupid because he asked her for $550. And I mean, if I were Haley, I'd be like, what do you need this random, very specific amount for? Right. Yeah. And I'm sure he had a good like reason. And I'm sure he did that thing where, you know, I'm sure he's very good at this thing. We've seen him do it with that, that thing where you yeah. turn it around because you're guilty. Right. Well, why? Yeah. Why do you need? Oh, that's you're. Why are you so suspicious about what I'm going to do with the money? You, uh, you don't trust me with this money. You don't trust me with your with. Or we're supposed to live a life together, and you're not going to just give me the money because you think I'm going to do something no good. How could we possibly be together? And then she feels bad, and she's apologizing, right? Yeah, yeah. And we've seen him do it on the phone, like just with him guilting her. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and he just he's just a super manipulative person, and it's like he is, and, and it's like yeah. But it, it definitely seemed to me at the beginning that. And this is probably through what he said. Like when she first went over to Lisa, she was like, I don't know why I'm responsible for taking care of him when he has this super rich family. And it was like because they cut him off. It's not because they yeah. are cheap or can't afford, which is what he probably made it sound like. They just are oh, too yeah, cheap. Absolutely. They're going to do it. They yeah. don't want to. My family doesn't love me anymore. They don't agree yeah. with my choices. They think I'm a certain way. Yeah. yeah. Instead of being like, which I made makes sense to me at some point being like, yeah, I've paid enough lawyers for you. I'm not paying for any more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> like, get yourself out of this. All right. Uh, let's talk Santi Bentalzi. Uh, this definitely took a turn. Yeah. Had some movement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Santiba is going shopping for Talzi with her mom. Her mom thinks everything is expensive, but Santiba says he's worth it, and she picks out things she thinks a Georgia man would be into, which to her meant flannel. Her mom tells her she's crazy, and she doesn't actually know him. Santiba is planning on spending about $500 on clothes, and her mom is just shocked because she doubts Santi even has that kind of money. Santiba then calls Telsey's mom to verify his clothing size, and his mom seems very surprised that she's calling him. His mom proceeds to tell her that Tulsi's been out for a couple of days and she's surprised he hasn't called her because Tulsi is with another woman. Santiba immediately starts crying and asks who this other woman is. Tulsi's mom doesn't know anything about this other woman and she apologizes on Tulsi's behalf. Annette set Santiba runs out of the store, abandoning her mom and asking the cameras to stop rolling. Santiba is confused because she let her heart take control. 
She thinks this is the worst thing anyone has ever done to her, and she's so embarrassed. She tries to rally her girlfriends for support, so they all meet up, and one of the first things Santiba finds out is that Talzi has blocked her on Facebook. Her mm. friend grabs her computer to do a search on Facebook, and they find that Talzi is engaged to a Kayla. Santiba starts crying and has to get away from her friends. They check out Kayla and think that she is a knockoff version of Santiba, which I think it might be the other it way around. The other way around, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Santiba thinks that Talzi is such a coward, and the friends ask her if she wants to call Kayla because they have her number from Facebook. Santiba says no because she just wants to move on, and now she believes Talzi never loved her. Santiba's friends say Talzi can't get away with this, and mm. they want her to inform uh, Kayla about Talzi. So Santiba kind of reluctantly goes along with it, and they call her, but they don't get a response. All right. Do you think it's someone's responsibility to inform, I guess, if you want to call it their partner's partner of their cheating ways? I, I don't think it is. Um, uh, and mainly because, like, I was totally on Santiba's side here. Like, mm -hmm. what, what is what is digging further into this hole going to do for oh, me? Oh, sure. How is it going to help yeah. me? How is, you know, I was treated by trash by my partner. And I would – I. Maybe I could see to the length of just sending her a message, sending her a thing and being like, right. listen, I don't want to get into a whole thing with you. I just think this is something you should know. Um, I'm moving on. Right. That that's yes, the most yes. you should do. Um, right. Well, I don't think there should be any kind of scenario where you're telling the other person because you're hoping that that other person will leave the person. So that way you can have them. I yes. don't think that's like should be the goal. So if that's the goal, then absolutely not. And I do think sometimes that is the goal. It's almost kind of like a, that's my guy or gal, like back off. Right. Yes. I think sometimes that is the goal of a confrontation. So if that is the goal of the confrontation, yes, I agree with you. Like there's no space for that. But, you know, it does kind of like to me. You know, people like that who do cheat and have like kind of this other stuff going on. And who's to say who's cheated on who, right? Maybe Santiba is the other woman this whole time, you know? Right. But it's kind of like they're not coming clean on their own. And it's almost like I just, you know, I want everyone just to be informed of the facts, you know? And so that's the part of me that is like, ah, I don't think – that I would be the one – I wouldn't want to be the one to have to tell someone else that. But I would right. like – in my mind, it's like I just want you to know the truth about your person. Yeah. I mean I, I get that. I get that. But it's – and it, it, the question is what what cost is, is that going to incur to you, right? right? Right. And taking that because that's the most important thing to look at because I don't even feel like most of the time – and it didn't seem like Santiba's girlfriend's – were, you know, I'm concerned about this Kayla. She deserves to know that, that her man's been two-timing her if she doesn't know, right? There's a decent chance right. that she's like, oh, yeah, he talks to women in prison and gets money from them. I don't give a shit, right? Mm -hmm. There's a decent chance that she knows, maybe not these specifics, but in general that this is what he does because it says they've been engaged and been together for a while. So I mean, it definitely sounded like mm -hmm. Santiba was the other woman. And the other woman is a little bit tricky because they never actually did anything. Right. She's never actually seen right. the guy in person. And, you yeah. know, I could totally see a fiance. I don't think that I would be this person. I know I know you wouldn't be this person that would be like, all right, whatever. I'm OK if they, 
you know, lead other girls on and, and get money out of them. That's fine with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but their reason for doing this was not for the good of the other woman. Their reason for doing this is mm-hmm. he needs to pay. Like he deserves whatever. And it's like yeah. it, 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 whenever you're in a situation like this, I, the healthiest thing to, to do, um, at least this is, you know, from my history, my past is leave deserve out of it. Like you got to do what's best for you and what's going to keep you the most healthy and keep you, you know, sane and in a place you need to be and not mm-hmm. not destroying yourself so that the other person so that you can get revenge on the other person. and The other person can get yeah. what they deserve because you're right. I mean, he, he I'm not saying he doesn't deserve all the shit that, they, that comes his way. He absolutely does. Right. Right. But that's not it's not your responsibility to bring that on. And it's only going to hurt you long term if that's what your goal is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, usually uh, I look at people like, you know, Santiba and be like, you're an idiot. You should have known this. Your friends and family have been telling you. It's not like this is really a surprise. Right. Uh But there was just something like a soft place in my heart for seeing her so hurt on this where it's like no one deserves to be that hurt. But at the same time, like. If you turned around and made the exact same mistake again, I would have zero sympathy for you the second time. Sure. Sure. Like if it just got into it with another person or yeah, let him come back and sweet talk you or whatever and be like, oh, oh well, because right. we've seen that from from people too. people get sweet talked by the same person that that screwed them over mm-hmm. before. Not just a similar mm-hmm. situation, literally the same situation with the same person. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So as of now. You know, okay. Yeah, <laughs> was, I'll be yeah. team. I'll fool be team once. Santiba for fool now. Me once, shame on you. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but don't get fooled again. Uh, of course. Yeah. So we didn't hear from Max and many of his parade of women. So, uh, out of this week's group, uh, who was your student of the week? I actually went with Santiba. I did too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she found out this thing. And and unlike I feel mm-hmm. like everybody else in the show, she wasn't like, I need to get to the bottom of this. I need to talk to this other woman. I need to figure out what's going on. She was like, nope, he's an asshole. I'm done with him. Let's just move on. Like, let's yeah. go. Uh, yes. And I appreciated the fact that she said, she's like, no, I don't, I don't need to find out anymore. I just need to move on from it. And she was just willing to let it go. Mm-hmm. It does make me wonder a little bit, though, because of that. It's like, well... Oh, yeah. All right. Were you just on this show for clout or exposure for your TikTok dance audience? Like, that's eh, true. Okay, or, whatever. Or I was thinking, you know, this might be a, a short lived student of the week if next week we're like, well, Tulsi got back in touch with me again. And, oh, <laughs> right. Da, 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 da. I know, right? Yeah. So for now, at least, yes. student of the week. Right. Uh, okay, what about your dunce? Uh, Ty. Like, uh, yeah, I went with Ty as well. Oh, my gosh. Just, I mean, come on. You're like, going to fight on camera? Like, what's wrong with you? Yes. And it, uh, just. Especially as someone who is on parole or has been previously has, in trouble for the exact same thing. Like, what are you doing? Right. And just, just, just it's solving nothing. Let Boston think that she mm-hmm. has the upper hand in this thing now. She's now she's like, oh, you you attacked me. You you came up and hit me out of no reason. You couldn't even. You couldn't even. Talk woman to woman. Blah, you're blah, blah. not a woman. Yeah. Yeah. You can't talk to me woman to woman if you're not a woman. Yeah. And it was just it's just so dumb. And like the fact that she said she wasn't going to do it and then didn't even last a blink of an eye. 
before she she right. went back on literally everything she said she was going to do. Oh my gosh, yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So, I mean, I feel like one of the overall lessons for this show in general is, you know, if somebody asks for you for money or, as we said, heavily or asks without asking you to send the money, which is totally a thing, um, that's a huge red flag already, right? But I think mm-hmm. this episode in particular, because we've seen a bunch of people get screwed by it, you can't use the fact that somebody accepted your money as some sort of sign of commitment. Right. And they seem to be yeah. like, well, I've been sending him money, so he must be all in. It's like that is does not mean that at all. That is not what that means. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, you can't use any kind of money exchange because we've seen it from Gabby, too. If someone gives or receives money from you, that is not a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So mine's similar ish, like uh, along the same vein, uh, just because someone has been cut off doesn't necessarily or always mean that the family or friends don't care because there's definitely situations of tough love where people have done everything they can for this person and this is all they have left to do you Mm -hmm. know and you see it all the time like um with you know i'm thinking of especially situations with like uh, parents of addicts yes you know and it's like they i i mean i personally had a co-worker who's adult son was an addict and he hadn't talked to his son in years and it was because their his therapist had told him and his wife that they need to cut him off because you know just by you know you want to be there to love them but mm-hmm. at the same time like that love can often enable them to continue like these bad habits right and so i can absolutely see someone else from the outside of that situation being like well your parents cut you off they obviously don't love you enough to support you, you know, during these tough times. And it's like, that's not always the case. No, I mean, I, that definitely reminds me um, of when they had that show Intervention that was on. That was like the same mm-hmm. thing that always came up in every episode. It was like, yeah. hey, this intervention is – when they staged the intervention, it was always – and they made them – and the ones that worked – usually the ones that worked and the ones that didn't work was on how seriously they took the – promise as it was supposed to be that no after today Mm -hmm. we are not paying for anything anymore this is it we are done after this um Mm -hmm. and if they could take that threat seriously it usually went a lot better but if they just saw that Mm -hmm. as like i've heard this before like i know at the end of the day you're gonna end up paying for my stuff again then it doesn't work right and so it yeah but yeah it's definitely a it is yes you can't assume that the cutoff means well they're done caring because, again, yeah. money doesn't equal caring. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So we should be back next week. Uh, I don't know oh, we shouldn't have, if we have any... anything. No. There's a couple more episodes, right? Until uh, I know they have the trailer out for or at least they've released information on the couples for uh, Love After Lockup. We know that we're going to be seeing Indy and Harry again. And then it right. looks like. Or five new couples, which I was talking to you about offline last week. I'm actually really excited about the new season of Love After Lockup because what is very interesting about this new group is that reading the description of all the couples, they had all known each other prior to prison. So they had Uh. all met each other you know, and so none of this whole like, well, are they catfishing me? Like, eh. 
I mean, we probably still have the whole, like, someone's giving someone money situation. But, oh, sure. you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. It doesn't look like any prison pen pal couples. Well, that's season. good. That's good. Because we kind of had the um, – we had a few of those where, um, like, I remember – which was the one? The one where the lady was – the woman was, like, nutso and, like, she, got, she was out for, like, 12 hours and then they were done. Like, because they met each other and she – Oh, gosh. Um, you know, yes, the good-looking guy, and she was. Yeah. Oh gosh, and he had it together, but I think he's back in prison now. Josh, I want to say his name is. But then there was, the, and then there was blue suit. Like there were a couple of them where they just had too many run-ins, where the person got out of prison and was like, "Nope, <laughs> don't want to do this." Nope, this like, person too crazy. No, but actually that. That one that you're thinking of, the one where he went back to prison, or I mean, she was, you know, they were only together for a few days. Yeah. She actually met him before he went to prison. Don't you remember? They met at a house party. Was it Dylan? Yes, Dylan. Yes. Yes, Heather and Dylan. Yes. Uh, uh, I was going to say they met at a house party because remember, she walked in on him in the bathroom and he was like, hey. And they were just like, okay. And they like dated for like, or they were together apparently for like three or four days. And then he ended up getting hauled off to prison. Okay. And so she, she had barely met him before. Right, right. But I just feel like in general that, and I just think in general too, um, I feel like looking at this one and 90 Day, I just, I feel like that we're getting a lot more new people. And I, I wonder if that's mm-hmm. a, a thing of the COVID restrictions and stuff dying down. Like I wonder how many repeats were just like, well- well, like this COVID stuff is keeping us from getting new people. Let's just go get some retreads. Like, so I'm definitely excited for new people. Yes. Yes. All right. So it'll be interesting dynamic with the whole, like, excluding the prison pen pal situation. So yes. we'll uh-huh. see. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> Maybe they saved all their prison pen pal situations for this, for this show. The love during lockup. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. True. All right. Okay. So uh, we will be back next week either way. And we'll see you then. All right. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.